As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Quick Hitter version of the Mike Wise Show. I'm joined by legendary sports writer Bob Ryan, who last week turned 75 years old, still throwing verbal high heat. And man, he still has a real affection for one of the greatest players he ever covered, Larry Bird. Larry Bird grew up in public, as all these guys do. But in his case, it was very interesting because Larry Bird was a bright guy who had grown up in a specific area of the country, southwestern Louisiana, uh, Indiana, uh, where there was no value placed, priced on uh, upward mobility, no value placed on education. Uh, and, and if he had not been six feet nine and, and, and with, with the talent that he had, he probably would have wound up spending his whole life there being just another guy you know, that was born there worked there, died there, and you know, the world would never know about him. But Larry Ware was, was that rarity. When he got to Boston, he began to blossom. He began to see the world, a, a bigger world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to the point where uh, many years down the road, I wrote a column for a story for the Boston Sunday Magazine about the blossoming of Larry Bird and, and how he had learned to manipulate the media and handle the media and enjoy the, the interaction, something yeah. that, Sean, the first time I met him, Mike, ever met him was the summer of of uh, 80. Uh, and I was commissioned to do a story for the late lamented Us magazine, the People magazine, AAA com- uh, competitor. Of right. And it was the interview was conducted at his agent, Bob Wolf's house, which is like around the corner from his house, because he wouldn't let any media into his house. And he made it clear. I'll do my, and one of the things he told me off the record, you know, I mean, and, and, and as we did the story was, uh, I'll do my duties with the media, but I'm not, no one's ever gonna come to my house or anything. The idea that he could ever become friendly with a member of the media was so alien to him. He, he just was wary, suspicious. Uh, he, was, he was a friend, hip from French Lick still. Yeah, I won't go to say hostile, but suspicious and wary and, and worrisome. And, you know, well, we became, we hit it off right away. We became friendly and uh, he asked me to do his book and I did his first book uh, of, and, and, uh, and uh, Drive. and Drive uh, was drive was one of the, one of the books that uh, it was my senior year. I don't want to make you feel a little bit, my no, senior, right. year co- senior year college and I got it and I was mesmerized and I'm like, I want to write a book like that one day. And, um, and I just remember that now I didn't know I would be ghostwriting Shaq's book it was a little weird doing that at like whatever he was, 30. But but you got Larry Bird. Like to see that you had so much, there was so much richness. And I remember, I don't let me tell me, tell me if this is right or not. Mm-hmm. I remember the, uh, reading interviews about that afterwards. And it was either Bob Wolf or somebody that they, they thought that there, there, Larry had some ugly, nasty fights when he was younger. And they wanted to take that out of the book because they thought it it made him too rough-edged. And they went, and Bird didn't care, but like, but his, but his people cared because they didn't want that part of Larry Bird, you know, coming out there. And 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 that, and I remember you talking about that. I'm thinking those must be great stories that never even got out. Well, that's all true. And and Bob Wolf had uh, a Larry's influence, influenced Larry, and 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 one of the, I think the phrase we was one of the ones the, the grandmothers would like, you know, and and uh, so yeah, the the final product. Uh, mm. was homogenized to an extent, you know, and it wasn't false. It wasn't Still great. It wasn't falsified. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. but it was, it was, you know, there were, there were some things left out, of course. Um, but I was honored and thrilled to be able to yeah. do it. And of course it was, you know, it, it was a good success and all that, but Larry, yeah, I'm very fond of Larry. And, yeah. and, um, 
and of course, one of the great fun things about that book was um, it, that, in case anybody's wondering, his friendship with Magic is legit. And, oh. and Magic did the forward for the book, and and then they they when 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 uh, uh, the day that Magic announced to the world that he was HIV positive, one of the first people he called mm -hmm. Larry. The day that Larry retired, one of the first people he recalled was Magic. Uh, they have maintained a friendship over the years. It's all for real. Yeah, and, I love that's. I want that... to know that. That, that it is I think it, I never thought it was fun. I remember the, 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 you know, Bird was famous for, he wouldn't, he'd duck out on the Boston media, but he'd meet some ladies in Utah for a pie. You know, like they'd show up, like, hi, Larry, and they'd bring him a pie in the hotel lobby. And, that, and or he'd go and spend time with some local yokel reporter that he just thought was interesting. And I talked him into when I was covering high school sports in Sacramento for the union. I don't even remember Don Drysdale. He was a heavy set guy that used to cover the Kings. I was sort of, they gave me the backup for a while. And I remember, and I go, I want to do a story on Bird. They go, Bird won't talk to you. And then sure enough, I talked him into, uh, you know, I go, hey, can you go, will you go to lunch with me tomorrow at the Hyatt Regency? And I, I've been literally following the Celtics bus back. And sure enough, he, that was like a week after, it was his last season, a week after. And he told me he cried when Magic called him and he just broke down. And, yeah. and I was like, wow, this, the, the, the respect level was so much even deeper than the competition and the love for each other. And it's one of the, like even that play that they showed on Broadway yeah. doesn't really, doesn't really do it justice. No, it doesn't. Uh, no, it doesn't. It was an interesting idea. Yeah. Just, well, I used to kid Larry, you know, when I realized as the years gone on and years went on and I realized how, how, how bright he really was, I used to kid him. I said, you, you, you successfully evaded, evaded the American educational system for 20 years. <laughs> but, you know, but, He's because I, I and I one accurate prediction I made, and I did say it at the time that if there was somebody in that period of time in that in that talent pool who could be the next Jerry West, i.e., a, a superstar player who mm. could be a successful executive, it was Larry Bird. I just thought his innate instinct for for and you know I think what's he was, the great go ahead I cut you off. He was a good executive with Indiana, and of course as a coach, the great the coaching thing was phenomenal, it was fabulous because he said. Three years, yeah. no, no one no one lives up to that promise. He said, three years, that's it. Guess what? Three years. He goes, <laughs> he, he goes to the finals. You know, they didn't have a chance, but he got them to the finals. But the one that killed them, though, Mike, was the year they lost to the Bulls. Game seven. He's and right there. there. He's right there. I'm in that game, too. Uh, and to this day, I'm like, to this day, I'm like going, Mark Jackson had a couple of turnovers at the end. And I just go like, God, they had that. They had their number. They had Michael ja Jordan in a game seven. Remember the jump ball. And Larry blames himself to, to his grave. He will blame himself. He didn't think he positioned them well. There was a big jump ball, like 27. Oh, that's right. He, he blames himself for that. Okay. Here's the thing that drives him crazy. Yeah. If they win, they're playing the Jazz. Yeah. They had swept the Jazz. They toyed with the Jazz. Oh. They had the Jazz. He's winning it all. The Jazz. You know, Although that's a great series, Stockton and Malone were at their peak at that. Yeah, point. but they but they owned them. He said. Yeah, okay. And uh, they did. I don't know. He said. I'm well, just, they had the bodies. They had the depth. I mean, yeah. the Jazz. That was the Jazz thing behind Malone and Stockton. They had all these bodies. They had all these great role players. Well, so did the Pacers behind Reggie and that crew. They just you know Rick Smith and all those guys. Harry did it three years, and as he said, he quit. He never did it again. That's yeah, that's great. Like, I think he's is he even working now as other than a consultant, or is he just still, hanging out I, in Naples? I think he's still on the payroll. I got I got to go talk to him. I'm talking for a while, a little while. Um, but uh, I think yeah. he's still on the payroll. But you know, he's living in Florida for the most part. I think I'm sure he's there now. 
And most you, amazing thing that Bob Ryan you know ever saw Bird do on the court. Yeah. Then what was the most amazing thing that you saw him ever do on the court? Um, wow, the most amazing thing I ever saw him do on the court. One one guy said, I, I read this years ago that maybe it was Pete, remember Pete Axtelm? He, sure. he did a, he did a great story about he he sat next to his brother Eddie, but you know, of course awesome. Eddie's, you know, Eddie and oh one time he picked up a flat ball and threw it across the court at our I you know, my favorite. That's so many, but one of the things I think that separated him from, and, and, and of course magic, you could say the same thing, from, from Michael, and Michael's the greatest virtuoso, all right, I just told you that a few minutes ago, mm -hmm. never played, but Larry could do something and magic, magic could do something, but Larry more specifically amazing because of nobody ever in the history of this game accomplished more with the ball in his hands uh, less. In other words, you know, it's mm. about LeBron. Le, he, and, he and LeBron are the two greatest passing forwards of all time. But LeBron's got the ball all the damn time. Larry did not have the ball all the damn time. Larry saw no. two steps ahead. Okay. Larry Bird could control games without scoring more than any non-point guard in the history of basketball. Okay. I, I'm, I, st I'm stealing that. In a way that Michael couldn't even dream of. One night in Phoenix, I remember this. We're mm. in Phoenix and they're down big at the half. And they come out and they have a huge third quarter and they come back and they went eventually win the game. And Larry Bird controlled the entire game in the third quarter and he never took a shot. He had like mm. seven assists. And my, Michael couldn't, that's not Michael's game. Yeah. So that's, and think about this. Nobody accomplished more with the ball in his hands less than Larry Bird. He's, yeah, he, he was like. Never been. Now to talk now, Donchick. And I'm and I know there's a, the Times did a big story the other day uh, comparing Doncic and Larry and it's very uh, and, and you know that's very interesting. There's a lot in common, but Doncic's got the ball a lot. I'm telling you, Larry, Larry never had the ball as much. Larry got more done without without having the ball in his hands than any person. I always hate those comparisons. Like take the great white guy and compare to the great white. Like, yeah, I know. I it's just, I mean yeah, they have a lot of the same skill set and everything, but. But they were just they're different players. They were so different. Guilty. I know. Yeah, no, it's. Right. Um, but it, yeah, I, I am just so I I I mean I, I summarize it this way, Mike. Uh, yeah. In 1979, when Larry came into the league, uh, I was 10 years covering the Celtics. Okay. And I was equated to this: if I had been an art student and signed up for a course, not knowing who the instructor was going to be, and into that classroom on day one was Michelangelo. That's the way I felt about Larry Bird entering my life in wow. as a basketball fan. You know why I know that? I remember that. You wrote the day he retired, you wrote something like that. I mean, was that the day that you retired? Like your your lead was something like, just imagine if if you were seeing Michelangelo paint the top of the Sistine Chapel. And it was, and there was a couple other metaphors, and they all made sense. And it was about greatness. That there was so individual there was there was like historical greatness that nobody could pull off. Well, thank you. I, I but he made how did I remember that? God, I need I should just get <laughs> I should just I should just you should sign part of my body, um, other than it would be really awkward. And it energized me. And, you know, I know I never wrote more about anybody than Larry Bird. I wrote more words about Larry Bird than any anyone else in my 44 year career at the Globe. And I uh, he inspired me to, uh, probably to move me to the, the highest you know, literary capability that I possessed. <laughs> you know, you, you need it. You felt some nights. I mean, I, I know I used this reference on a couple of occasions for sure. 
you need the thesaurus. I'm out of it. I'm done. He's mm-hmm. done. He's done it more. I don't have anything more to, to, to higher level of praise, you know, than, than I ha- already gave you. Uh, this is this is what it's like covering Larry Bird. And yeah. so I, I'm forever grateful that he came into my you know life personally and professionally. And, and uh, you know, uh, it, it was it was a blessing. It really was. If you want to hear more from Bob, Ryan, and myself, check out the full version of the Mike Wise Show from Pure Hoops Media. You can also hear more from us on the Pure Hoops Media YouTube channel.